0: All right, dads, I have a very special Frogman Friday edition of First Class Fatherhood to hit you guys with today. Navy SEAL, entrepreneur, and now congressional candidate in the state of Arizona, Eli Crane joins me on the podcast. The last time I spoke with Eli Crane right here on First Class Fatherhood was way back on episode 53, which is nearly three years ago now. I'm extremely honored to have him back on the podcast. Eli Crane is an American hero who served our country for 13 years. As a frogman, he went on five wartime deployments, three of which were to the Middle East with SEAL Team 3. After his time in the teams, Eli and his wife Jen opened a company called Bottle Breacher, making bottle openers out of 50 caliber bullets. They appeared on Shark Tank, scored a deal, and Bottle Breacher is now a multi-million dollar company. that employs and gives back to the veterans nationwide. I love everything that Eli stands for. I couldn't be happier to see that he threw his hat into this uh, murky, toxic waters that has become our political system here in America. Eli is a family man, a combat veteran, successful entrepreneur, and a first-class father all the way. I'm honored to have him back on the podcast. Eli Crane will be here with me in just a few minutes, so please stick around for the interview. And today's interview with Eli Crane was recorded on video and is available for you guys to watch on my YouTube channel. So if you'd like to watch the conversation between myself and the Navy SEAL congressional candidate, please subscribe to First Class Fatherhood on YouTube. The link is in the description of today's podcast episode. And if you enjoyed today's podcast with Eli Crane, you have got to go back through the archives of the podcast here and check out so many Navy SEAL dads who have joined me here on the podcast, including Jocko Willink, Marcus Luttrell, Rob O'Neill, Andy Stump, even including the Medal of Honor recipient Navy SEALs Ed Byers and Michael Thornton. They're all available for you to listen to at your convenience in the archives of the podcast. Be sure you guys follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Ace for all the upcoming guest announcements. I got some real bangers coming your way soon. If you're enjoying the podcast, hit me with that rating or review on iTunes, man. It really goes a long way to help me out. And as always please help me spread the word about the podcast every father in your neighborhood or in your contact list let them know about the show that's here celebrating fatherhood and family life fatherhood rocks family values rule and every day is father's day right here with me and i'm going to be right back with eli crane i'm alec lason you're listening to first class fatherhood All right, Dad. sports stadiums are beginning to fill up once again. Concerts are coming back, and Broadway shows will be here before you know it. It's time to take your kids to an event and start making memories once again. And there's nothing wrong with saving a few bucks while you do it. My partnership with SeatGeek means that you can save $20 off your tickets by using the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS, at SeatGeek.com or on the SeatGeek app. Let's go, Dads. We've been cooped up way too long here. It's time to start enjoying sports and entertainment again the way they were meant to be experienced, live and in person. Visit SeatGeek.com or use the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FIRSTCLASS. That's one word, FIRSTCLASS at the checkout, and save $20 off your tickets. A gift for first-class fathers from First Class Fatherhood. Joining me now, First Class Father, Eli Crane. Welcome back to First Class Fatherhood.
1: Hey, thanks for having me, brother. Appreciate it.
0: All right, well, it's been a while—about three years—since I spoke to you last time. You got any more kids that you added to the family here? How many kids do you have? How old are they?
1: So no more kids. Uh, praise the Lord, man. Uh, we got—we still have the two. Um, we're at—we're uh, at 14 and 10, so we got—we got good ages and both daughters. And um, you know, it's—it's uh, it's a challenge, but it's a blessing at the same time. And we're, Jen and I are up to it.
0: Yeah. Well, wow. very cool. Um, if you could, Eli, please just take a minute here to hit my listeners a little bit about your background and what you do.
1: Absolutely. So, um, I'm a former Navy SEAL, um, started a small business called bottle preacher. Some of your, uh, listeners might've seen us on shark tank back in 2014. And, uh, now we happen to be, uh, we just announced our run for us Congress here in Arizona. And, uh, you know, we just keep, um, the, you know, Keep going big. Don't rest on what you did yesterday. And uh, and, and we're trying to serve uh, the people in Arizona and the people of this country. And so, um, you know, we're excited, and we're definitely busy.
0: Yeah, awesome. And congratulations on running here. I'm glad that you decided to do it. And uh, You mentioned your bottle breacher is still one of my prized possessions, that I got here as my uh, first-class fatherhood breacher. So, listen, I know it had to be a difficult decision, Eli, but what made you finally – um, jump over the hump here and throw your hat in the political arena.
1: Yeah. I think that as we talk about, you know, fatherhood, um, a big part of fatherhood is always protection. Um, and being willing, being willing to be selfless and sacrifice yourself, um, for something greater than your, something bigger than you. And oftentimes that's family, but sometimes it goes even bigger. Um, sometimes it's your community. Sometimes it's your state. And in this case, you know, it's national and, uh, uh, I, I've been blessed. Um, you know, I've learned a lot of, over the years. I've dealt with a lot of adversity. Um, and I've really grown, um, as a man and, uh, I'm willing to take on more. And I feel like this is a calling for me. I'm a man of faith. I feel like this is where God wants me. And, uh, that, you know, sometimes that means that, uh, you got to get out, get out of the boat. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, get out of your comfort zone and, you know, go big. And, uh, that's, that's what we're doing. And we just honestly, at the end of the day, Alec, I want to make sure that my kids, your kids, and all the kids of all the dads that you've had on this show get to grow up with the freedom and prosperity that you and I did. And it's unacceptable to me as I see, uh, you know, freedoms, um, being taken away, um, and our government getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And it was never intended to be that way. And so, um you know i can keep complaining about it or i can do something about it and that's what i've chosen to do
0: well said and obviously i'm happy to see so many non-political guys uh, finally get involved in politics because we're going to need to avoid, i know sean parnell i've had him on the podcast several times we see uh, Morgan Latrell's now running. Uh, Derek Van Orden has been doing it. I know some of the SEALs, uh, you know, are getting involved in this. And I think we really need to have more representation and the leadership from you guys. What do you think it is about the Navy SEALs? Like I just mentioned a few of them. We know Dan Crenshaw is obviously in there. What do you think it is about the Navy SEALs that makes you guys well-equipped uh, to lead from the floor, from the House, from Congress, from the Senate?
1: Well, I think once you go through uh, a training pipeline like SEAL training, um, It really resets your baseline for what you believe is possible. Uh, It resets your baseline for what you think um, you can complete. Uh, But it also resets your baseline for what you're willing to take on, how much pain you're willing to take on. And um, I don't underestimate this process. I know it's going to be brutal. I know it's going to be a lot of hard work. I know I'm going to be drugged through the mud, um, you know, and, and everything that goes with this nasty world of politics. But um, that sacrifice piece, you know, that, that's important to me. I have a lot of brothers that never came home. Um, and and they, and they fought for everybody here. They didn't fight for, you know, they didn't fight for one color of people from this neighborhood or that state. They fought for everybody here and they, you know, and, and that's something that's important to me, preserving that legacy, you know, and Ronald Reagan said a long time, Alec, he said that, uh, freedom is always one generation away from extinction. And I 100% believe that. I believe that a lot of us have been complacent. Um, and you know, it, it, there's a lot of dads out there that probably listen to your show and they're concerned about, Hey, where, where's my kid going to go to college? Right. And that's great. Cause we all want our kids to go to a, a good college so that they can learn and, you know, care, you know, carry on with their lives. But, I think oftentimes we've had it so good for so long in this country that most of us don't – we take it for granted as if there's, not, there's no way that this country could ever collapse, and I don't believe that. I believe that no matter how great or structured or foundational you know, an organization or country or nation was at one point, if it's not maintained – Um, And if it starts to bear too much weight of corruption and evil, even the greatest country of all time um, can and will collapse. And that's why I want to get into this fight. And I want to I want to try to be a part of uh, making the change I want to see. Yeah. Great stuff, Eli. And just like you said there, if we even look to Rome and the
0: beginning of the fall of Rome was the breakdown of the nuclear family units. And right now the family units are under attack in this country. We got a fatherless crisis going on big time. So many kids are growing up without that father, without that father figure in their life. And it's having a devastating result on our society. So, I mean, I know you're a family man first. How do we do that? How do we kind of fix this, Eli, from either a political standpoint or just from a nation standpoint? How do we kind of start to heal, start to strengthen and start to get our family units back strong in this country again?
1: Well, yeah, thanks for bringing it up. And uh, I never shy away from, you know, a hard truth. And I know that not everybody believes in what I believe in. And I know that everybody's not on the same page as, as I am. But um, this country has Judeo-Christian values, um, and, and I think that as an individual um, or a nation, anytime you you start to turn away from God, um, you're it's only a matter of time before it winds up in you know in, in the same place, and that's you know destruction. And so I love people. I want Americans to have the ability to believe whatever they want to believe. Um, I never want to force my faith on anybody. And our Constitution guarantees um, religious freedom and freedom of speech. So, but I will tell you, I, I will tell you that because um, I think it's vital um, that we return to the foundation of this country um, and, and just the values, the morals, um, our Bill of Rights, and our Constitution. Um, if we want this country to last and provide prosperity and freedom for our children. Yeah, really well said, Ian. You know, this is why I love speaking to
0: guys just like you that are doing this because you don't have these ready-made political answers that just r- right down the line. You speak it from the heart, and that's what I really love. Now, you have two young girls here growing up. What, what, what are you? What would you consider to be the top values that you're hoping to instill in your girls as they as they become young
1: adults? Right. I think. Well, again, faith. You know, the the fact that this story is not about you. I think that that we live in a society where we we've invented the selfie, right? And, 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 and it's all about, everything's about us. Everything's about pleasure. Everything's about comfort. And I think that that's a big part of the decay in our culture and society. So I want my daughters not only to understand that this story isn't about them, but I want them to understand that it is better to give than receive. And I want them to use the tools, the talents, the skills, and the abilities that God's given them to bless other people and to encourage other people And honestly, to fight against evil. That's something I talk about a lot, brother. I mean, I I know we don't like to talk about it. We like to pretend like it doesn't exist. But, you know, some of the some of the things I see going on in this culture, especially when I look at like uh, the United States of America is the number one consumer of child sex trafficking. To me, that is straight evil. And, you know, I want my daughters to not only understand evil, but I want them to be able to identify it and be willing to fight against it. And uh so those are, you know, and I also want them to understand uh accountability and ownership because that was something I had a hard time with Alex as a young man, taking ownership and accountability when I screwed something up and trying to deflect or pass blame or you know on somebody else because I didn't want to own it. And I learned that the hard way and so that's another thing I think is really hard and I know a lot of adults that haven't figured that one out yet. And so Teaching my daughters accountability, ownership. Hey, if you if you screw something up, it's on you and take ownership of it and say, hey, that's on me. I should have done a better job uh, before you start pointing the finger at other people. So those are a couple of the, uh, the things that we talk about in the crane house.
0: Yeah, it's something I try to do, too, Eli, with my kids is try to, you know, it's something that my father, I could never imagine him apologizing to me for anything, but it's something that I've made a point to try to do, especially with my older teenagers, uh, to say, hey, especially when I punished the wrong kid for the wrong thing, to say, hey, I got that one wrong. But you mentioned there, too, the child sex trafficking. It's hard. I have my youngest is my only girl. She's six years old. It's so hard for me to think that this is such an epidemic that's going on in our world and in our country, and we're just walking around as if nothing's going on here. Uh, it's earth shattering. And the problem we're having at the border here with so many other kids now coming in with no parents, no fathers, no nothing. And they're getting, you know, right into this. Uh, yep. you're, you're out there. What, what do we do here? I mean, how, what's your stance on this whole thing that's going on down on the border and how it's affecting these young kids that are coming in here? Uh, the, the parents are just shipping them across the
1: border. Right. And that's one of the that's one of the reasons I'm running for Congress here in Arizona, because we do have we are a border state. Um, so it, even though this is a this is a nationwide issue, this doesn't stop at the border. Um, but Arizona's getting hit really hard with it. And, you know, it, it honestly, it, it breaks my heart. Um, I'm a compassionate man. I'm a generous man. I, I don't blame people at all for wanting to come to the United States of America and try and get a slice of the American dream. You know, I have a lot of, I have a lot of friends, uh, you know, who have come here and, uh, done very well for themselves. And it's one of the coolest things that I've ever seen. However, every country um, should have the ability to be sovereign. And that means to have borders and to vet who comes in and who, you know, who, who doesn't. And uh, so I think that we not, we need to roll up the red carpet that's been laid out by this current administration. I think that we need to take it seriously. It it takes leadership. You know, you can't, uh, you've had a, a president and a vice president that took, you know, it took the vice president months and months and months to get down to the border um, and some would argue the only reason she did that was because Donald Trump was going to go to the border. And uh, this isn't, to me, this isn't a political thing because it affects you know, people of all walks of life in, in all neighborhoods. And a country's number one you know, responsibility to its people is to protect its people. And the, the people down here are not being protected. And the little kids that are getting trafficked over the border, they're not being protected. And at the same time, the, the, the drug cartels across on the Southern border, they are getting rich because every, and I've talked to congressmen, I've listened to, uh, border patrol agents and others who say that every vehicle that comes across that border, every person that comes across that border, every bag of dope that comes across that border, the cartel gets a cut in all of it. And so we're bolstering the cartel. We're supporting the uh, trafficking of little kids. Um, you know, and, and, and we're making the peop- we're making these communities down here we're overwhelming them and we're making their neighborhoods a lot more dangerous and it's it it's just it's awful to see
0: well and and thank god for people like you getting involved i think it was i think maybe plato that said like the penalty uh for not getting involved in these political issues is to be ruled by evil men so it's just i'm glad to see that but well, we have people that are willing to take this fight. Now for you, I know this is going to take, obviously you mentioned it. It's going to take a toll. There's a sacrifice involved in this. How do you plan on balancing, uh, being a dad, being a business owner, and now being a, a candidate for Congress? How do you plan on balancing all this out?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm, I'm big on priorities. Um, you know, I took time today to, you know, uh, get into my Bible and, and read it. I, I went and got my little girls donuts this morning. Um, I, I just launched my campaign this week, you know, and, uh, I'm going to get to go to go to dinner with my daughter uh, for her birthday this evening. And it's, it's just like making time for what's important to me. And if, if that means that my campaign suffers a little bit or that I don't get back to every email or, or even at the end of the day, if I don't win this race, that's okay. You know, that's, that's okay. Because I, at the end of my life, when I look back, I want to say that my priorities were in check and in order. And now if, if dad is doing something like running for Congress, you know, I hope I've raised little kids, little girls who are going to understand that sometimes uh, when you go big and you're trying to help a lot of people, that sometimes means that the family has to sacrifice along with with dad and mom. You know, but um, that I think uh, I, I think keeping my priorities straight and just understanding that um, you know there are bigger things in life than you know sometimes the the goals that that I set out to accomplish and you know being keeping open commu- lines of communications with my kids as we talk about, hey, this is why daddy's doing this. Um, and, you know, trying to spend that quality time with them when I can. That, that's how I'm going to try, try to manage this. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Eli. And as I mentioned here, my youngest is my only girl. So I'm curious to, to hear you. One of the things I struggle with is my discipline with her because I, I discipline her differently than I do my three boys. So what, what what type of disciplinarian are you as a dad? And is that different than the discipline style that you grew up with?
1: Yeah. Sometimes I tell my wife, you know, sometimes I wish I had little boys cause I just, I'd thump them and be like, Hey, <laughs> knock it off. You know, I, I feel like uh, sometimes I feel like Dr. Phil around my house walking. Around, OK, how am I going to how am I going to talk to my daughters about this? How am I going to lower, you know, my emotional level and try and really connect um, on an emotional level and still, you know, discipline and get get the point across that this behavior is not OK and this isn't how we conduct ourselves. And so I think that's I think uh, it's one of the reasons God gave me little girls because I needed to be. I needed to be softened up a little bit. And uh, so I'm, you know, I don't always get it right, but, um, you know, just uh, just trying to love on them and show him that, um, you know, that dad can be serious and stern, but he can be loving. And at the end of the day, what he really cares about is uh, teaching you how to become a loving, respectful, um, you know, productive member of society you know, who reflects, um, you know, the, you know, the, the, the values that we have here.
0: Yeah. I, I know. I have I had a lot of you guys on the podcast. I really call it like the Frogman curse. So many of you has got the, so many of you have girls, but I think it's a, a really a frog man blessing. I, I love having a girl myself. So what, what's next for you here, Eli? What's the campaign look like for you? You got uh, everything all set up. You're still putting it together. How's the campaign trail shaping up here?
1: No, it's it's really good. We launched on Tuesday. We did a ton of media this week. Um, Fox News, Newsmax, Washington Examiner, Breitbart. Um, you know, I did uh, uh, Sean Hannity last night. I did, um, you know, uh, Maria Bartiromo this morning. Mark Levin. Mark Levin actually endorsed me on air on Tuesday night. That was one of the coolest experiences of my life.
0: Wow.
1: Um, but you know, it's just we're gonna we're gonna stay after it. We're gonna keep. Um, we're gonna keep pounding it, and uh, you know, at the end of the day, this is about we the people. If if I can't convince the people of uh, Arizona Congressional District One that I'm gonna, you know, I'm not your typical politician, um, and that I will actually fight for you, even if that means you know getting raked over the coals um, and, and pissing off some powerful people, then I don't deserve I don't deserve the position, and so. Like I said, we're going to we're going to fight like hell. And at the end of the day, um, you know, if this is what God has for me, then I'm confident that, you know, he'll put me right where I need to be. And so uh, thank you, Alex, for, you know, letting let me come on. And uh, and if and if any of your viewers want to go learn more about our campaign, it's uh, they just go to Eli for Arizona
0: Yeah, I'm going to drop the link in the description of this podcast episode so they can get over there and check it out. And God bless you, brother, for what you're doing. I'm pulling for you, not as a politician, but because of the person you are. And I think the leadership you bring is really what we need more of in this country. So uh, best of luck to you on this. Last thing I want to hit you with here, Eli, I always love to ask all the dads that I get on the podcast. What kind of advice do you have for that new dad or for that about to be father who's out there
1: listening? Yeah. uh, So for me, my advice would be this goes in phases. And to me, you know, it just gets better. I I feel like I'm I feel like I'm better with older kids. Um, I think you know because they can actually communicate to me. I I know what's going on, what's wrong. When they're babies, it's like just you're constantly guessing. All right, is it gas? Is it they want to go for a ride? Are they hungry? You know, that's hard for me because I can't solve the problem. Um, But it 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 all goes in phases. It's just like everything else in life. And one of the coolest things about Um, having kids is that it makes you, 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 if you're going to be a good dad, it forces you to become more selfless and less selfish. And that is a, even though we all resist it because we're all selfish, I think by nature, um, man, it just makes you a better, it makes you a better person because you're, you're caring less and less about yourself and you're caring more and more about them. And so uh, there's a process here. Be patient. Give yourself grace. You're going to screw up. You're going to lose your temper. You're going to make bad calls. But the cool thing is little kids are so forgiving, but man, protect them because um, they deserve it. They deserve our protection and our love. Very well
0: said. I love the message. This has been an honor for me. Eli Crane, you're a first-class father all the way. And thanks for coming back here on First Class Fatherhood.
1: Thank you, brother. God bless you guys. Thank you.
0: Back to wrap things up here on First Class Fatherhood. i got to give a special thank you once again to Eli Crane for giving me a few minutes of his time here. It was such an honor. Please send me up on Twitter, guys. To so drop me that DM on Instagram. Let me know what you thought about today's episode. I always love to read your feedback. I wish nothing but the best of luck for Eli and his family. I will be pulling for him and praying for him. Uh, I know it will be a very big challenge for him and his family as they go through this. But Eli Crane, he's an all-American hero in my book. So uh, God bless him and his family. And uh, I hope to have him back on again and call him Congressman Crane in the future. Please follow me on Instagram at Alec underscore Lace to keep up to date with all the upcoming guest announcements. I got some great ones coming your way soon. That's all I got for you guys today. I'm Alec Lace. Thank you for listening to First Class Fatherhood. And please remember, guys, we are not babysitters. We are fathers. And we're not just fathers. We are first class fathers.